blogging the boys. It is Sunday, November 8th, 2020, and the Dallas Cowboys are going to host the Pittsburgh Steelers today. The Dallas Cowboys are 2-6. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-0. and Oh, my goodness. This game is likely going to hurt. Um... This has been a rough season for the Dallas Cowboys, as you know. We've been talking about it the entire time here on the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. Make sure you do subscribe to the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. That's all major podcast platforms. Simply search for Blog and the Voice, hit subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. We really appreciate those things. We are also ramping up our coverage on the Blog and the Voice YouTube channel. So search for us on the Tube of Views. Subscribe so you don't miss a single video. We're actually going to try something a little bit different uh, following today's game between between the Cowboys and Steelers, I will record our post-game episode while streaming live on the Tube of Use. So uh, if you want to be part of the conversation in the immediate aftermath, uh, head on over to YouTube and uh, join us there. Uh, but this is the pregame. Uh, we will have the post-game, by the way, available on the YouTube channel on Monday. And, um, you know, this is... It's hard. I mean, how do you how do you say the Cowboys are likely going to get destroyed um, different ways and different, you know, words and in different sayings or whatever you want to call it? Um, we all know the Cowboys are going to lose this game. It was already an incredible mountain for them to climb. Um, it was made a little bit more difficult uh, on uh, on Saturday afternoon. It was reported. Uh, we wrote about this for you as we do everything at blogontheboys.com uh, by Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News that the Cowboys are not expecting to have Ezekiel Elliott available to them. Uh, On Sunday against Pittsburgh, Zeke has been nursing a hamstring injury all week long. Um, It is worth mentioning that the Cowboys are on a bye next week, so maybe they feel like they can get Zeke a little bit of a head start on rest. Maybe you also look at this as organic tanking. Maybe it is two birds, one stone. Um, Either way, um, I mean, there are the snide comments, right? Like, oh, you know, it's not like Zeke was doing much or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, But um, Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, spoke a lot throughout last week about how Zeke was kind of uh, one of the main focuses for the Cowboys. So uh, maybe this is strategy. Hey, watch out, Tony Pollard. Um, No, I mean, in all seriousness, I I don't know how Garrett Gilbert, who is slated to start for the Cowboys, Tony Pollard, this offensive line, this defense, I, I don't know how they even contend with the Pittsburgh Steelers, to be quite frank with you. Um, you know, back in 2017, when Ezekiel Elliott had to finally serve that six-game suspension, the first three games of it, which were on the road in Atlanta, that was the Chaz Green game, the following week was at home on Sunday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles when Philly routed the Cowboys, and then the week after that was Thanksgiving Day at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Those three games, I've talked about this before, Those were the first three games in a row where the Dallas Cowboys scored in the single digits, or rather, if I could use uh, words that made sense. Those three games, that was the first time in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, the team that is celebrating their 60th anniversary here in 2020, that was the first time in franchise history that the team scored in the single digits in three straight games. Now, I want to caution you because... The Dallas Cowboys have scored in the single digits heading into this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in two straight games. And they're about to be without Dak Prescott, without Zeke Elliott, I mean, on and on and on. Uh, So it is very possible that we see that unfortunate achievement that took 50, what, eight years to match or 58 years to accomplish. It is possible we see that matched 
three years later, almost to the day, um, very, very close to the day as it is almost Turkey Day, but I digress. Um, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be rather tough. We're going to get into what a few Belong in the Boys staffers think about this matchup. Oh, by the way, um, the Cowboys are also, uh, per uh, NFL Network, and Rappaport, working out Marquette King, the uh, the former Raiders punter, uh, who had a cup of coffee with the Denver Broncos and the XFL. Um, so, you know, hey, that's that. Oh, also, by the way, Des Bryant set to suit up for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. That is awesome. So at least we have that going for us. Uh, but we tried something different for this episode of the pregame. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, SB Nation's home for Pittsburgh Steelers content. Brian was kind enough to join me for a conversation we recorded on Friday, just for full disclosure. Um, kind of talked in depth about this matchup. Uh, so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's that. And we're actually going to go roll right in from uh, the conversation conversation with Brian to the predictions from Blog and the Boy staff members. So it's going to go me and Brian Anthony Davis to the prediction from Danny Phantom to the prediction from Tony Casillas to the prediction from Ari Temkin. And then you'll hear from me at the very end. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get to it. Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheStillCurtain.com joins us next. Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, the legendary, the debonair, the internationally famous from behind the steel curtain, SB Nation's home for Pittsburgh Steelers content, the podcast producer for Behind the Steel Curtain, Brian Anthony Davis on Twitter at BTSC Bad. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Well, you got everything right that I sent you to say about me. That's great. I'll get that checked to you, RJ. Thank you so much. Uh, the only thing I didn't include, uh, but I, I let you set me up, was uh, strikingly handsome. Uh, oh, yeah. so <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Look at this, <laughs> um, Brian. Thanks for taking the time to join us on our pregame show. Um, we we've had some conversations all week long. Uh, I think you probably feel similarly to a lot of Cowboys fans in that this should have been an awesome game. Obviously, it's a rare thing for the Cowboys and Steelers to meet only once every four years. That's the only thing that happens once every four years that people have been talking about this week, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else. There's no right. Olympics. Uh, yeah, except hmm. no Olympics, no like summer solstice or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's, it is a sour game for Cowboys fans uh, just because this season has been so down. Uh, the Cowboys two and six, but they do welcome the only undefeated team in the NFL on Sunday afternoon on CBS. Um, as a Steelers fan, are you at all nervous? Are you apprehensive? Or are you, um, from a respectful standpoint of the mindset of, yeah, this should be um, kind of cruise control for the Steelers to get to 8 no. You know, I am always apprehensive when it comes to the Steelers. This year, a little bit less. And I'm going to tell you why. It's all about maturity and the for this team when Ben Roethlisberger was out last year same mm -hmm. situation as your Cowboys this year what happened you had to bring in you went 0-3 you had to bring in Duck Hodges you had to bring in Mason Rudolph and they still were able to get to 8-2 and two down the stretch they lost those last three games did not make the playoffs but they did not fold so the Cowboys are in the similar situation where they have not been able to put it together but this is a fantastic out-of-conference rivalry. This is the one that's been going on for a long time. I was probably about six years old when this whole thing was happening back in 1978. And on the other end of that winning streak ended up being the Dallas Cowboys at the uh, end of that season, a fantastic Super Bowl 13. 
these two teams play great games together. So I know from last year that the Steelers had the pride to keep on going when nobody expected them to. Think about this. The Minka Fitzpatrick trade last year was only made by the Dolphins because they thought the Steelers were going to fold like a cheap suit. Mm-hmm. They didn't think they thought they were going to get a top three, top four draft pick out of that Fitzpatrick deal. They had better deals, but they said, Hey, Ben just went down the day before these guys are done. They weren't done. I really love what the Cowboys were. It's amazing to see that they are still number one in passing yardage right now. And <laughs> being the fact that they're, and that just shows you what Dak Prescott did. And it was an amazing run. So it really stinks that we aren't going to have a great game like we did in 2016, like we did back in 2008. Those were teams that were on the precipice of a championship. Well, the Steelers won it in 2008. If it wasn't for that game against Dallas, if it would have went the other way, they're probably not winning the division. It's not working out the way that uh, it did. That that game in I'm yeah, sorry. that game in, in 2008, um, that was the Tashar Choice game for the Cowboys. They had, uh, you know, really, uh, really were in, in a bad way. I believe at that point in time, the Steelers defense had yet to allow a 100-yard rusher. Um, and that was uh, certainly an interesting afternoon. Uh, the 2012 game, the last one at AT&T Stadium, um, at least between the Cowboys and Steelers, obviously the, the Steelers obviously played, uh, played in the building and through both uh, 45. Uh, That game went to overtime. I mean, you know, so there have been some really um, amazing and thrilling finishes, uh, an incredible uniform matchup. You know, it's this game should have it. I can't believe Ben Roethlisberger has played this many times against the Cowboys. Um, You you mentioned the Minka Fitzpatrick trade of a year ago. And I think I, I do think Cowboys fans would spiral out of control if the team traded away their first round pick in 2021, just because. I, I think the difference, the clear difference between the Cowboys of now and the Steelers of a year ago is that there was a lot more team pride and there was a lot better coaching. The fact that Mike Tomlin was able to, to drag that team to, to almost a playoff berth. And uh, as has been chronicled many different times, if, if the now new playoff format were in existence a year ago, the Steelers would have been a playoff team. And so do, do you see that as a difference um, as an outsider, somebody who went through this last year following the Steelers? Do, do you see it? a disconnect in that sense that, that these Cowboys don't have whatever fifth year the Steelers did a year ago to, to be able to, you know, put things together in absence of their star quarterback. I think a little bit, but I still got to look at that offensive line, which was just the benchmark. They, it was actually the cream of the league, that offensive line. Now it's a shell of, shell of its former self. I mean, sure. when you lose a guy like Tyron Smith and you've lost a lot on that offensive line, so it doesn't really matter – who you're going to put back there right now at quarterback. It's the fact that that whole offense is basically riding on three fantastic receivers that no one can get the ball to, or no one is going to have the time to get the ball to. So they've got their backs are up against the wall as far as that goes. So I don't, I, I still see a lot of pride in Dallas. I really do. Mm. But I think the losses have been a lot more, then, uh, and this is me from on the other side of the, not the world, but the other side of the country over here in the, the state of Maryland where I'm set up and I'm looking at Dallas and I'm just like, they've been dealt a bad hand. Yeah. And, and, you know, that happens. I think certainly, uh, we, we've seen different teams withstand that we've seen Mike McCarthy's Packers withstand that, 
Um, I did want to ask about McCarthy. Uh, you mentioned you're located in Maryland specifically, but obviously McCarthy has some some Pittsburgh, some Pennsylvania ties. The Cowboys also have Sean Lee, uh, who's, who's from Western PA. Um, is, there, um, is there a sense of, I mean, I, not, not that any Cowboys fan can take any ownership of this or anything, but but sense of bitterness towards Mike McCarthy because he is the, the coach that, that stopped the Steelers from, from getting a seventh world championship already. I mean, is, is that there or has it has enough time passed uh, that, that it's not that big of a deal, even though this game's happening in the same venue? You keep talking about this game in Dallas, Super Bowl 45. <laughs> I don't recall that whatsoever. Uh, Some people that, missed it. There was the whole ticket fiasco. You know, there's a lot of conversation. Yeah. Maybe it's the, the snow, the whole uh, – my buddies actually went to that game, and that, that was – that's a game that the Steelers blew. They sure. really blew that game. And it had a lot to do with uh, Marquise Pouncey going down. Uh, Doug Ligurski came in at center and, you know, Ben was bull rushed. There were a lot of mistakes in that game. A lot of people were going to hold it on Richard Mendenhall for that fumble. I don't know how you don't fumble in that situation when you're getting cracked from two sides. But as far as Mike McCarthy goes, and real quick, I'm from Western Pennsylvania myself. I'm relocated to Maryland. And, you know, there is no ill will towards Mike McCarthy whatsoever. There were a lot of people shouting for Mike McCarthy to replace Mike Tomlin last year because, you know, Interesting. Mike Tomlin is not respected in the manner that he should be. Agreed. He, he really is not whatsoever, and it drives me absolutely bats because this guy, he is about to tie the record if, with a win this week, 14 seasons without a losing season now he's had those three eight and eight seasons but never has he had a losing season he's going to tie marty schottenheimer for that record with a win this week and so it's almost a given i mean if they don't win another game this year he's not going to tie it but sure. come on we, we think that's going to happen but <laughs> You, you know, a lot of people were, were calling for Mike McCarthy. That's the guy they wanted last year. I the don't, local uh, flavor and everything, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, the winning, the uh, – you always want that other guy. But let me tell you this. They wanted Bill Cowher fired from 1998 to 2000. Those were three <laughs> seasons missing the playoffs. They wanted him gone. Now Bill Cowher walks on water because he is gone. And now we're ripping on the next guy. So right. 15 years down the road, people are going to be pining for the days of Mike Tomlin. That's just, the, that's just the way it is. You don't give the love to the guy that's in the room right now. And you really need to. I think that's, um, that's an effect that's felt for Cowboys fans with, uh, with Tony Romo. Um, his, his history, uh, believe me, I mean, I don't know that you'll find a bigger Tony Romo fan than me, but his, his career is romanticized, uh, you know, the further away we get from it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a similar circumstance for Ben Roethlisberger, although ben, Ben's a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's a bit of a different conversation in that aspect. But um, that's interesting uh, to consider Mike McCarthy uh, as, as the potential coach. I do think I agree with you. Mike Tomlin's so underrated. Um, I tweeted recently. Um, it was after the Jets cut Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the fact that, that Mike Tomlin held all that together with Lev, with Antonio Brown, and, and got the best out of them. And obviously, um, I, I hate to call the Steelers winners in that, you know, battle, if you want to look at it that way. But, but the Steelers, I mean, 
if, if you want to believe in an organization above anything else, I think the Steelers are kind of the, the marquee franchise to look towards, um, certainly maybe across all of American professional sports. I think you'd have to maybe find some sort of uh, English soccer club to kind of rival them in that respect. But I, I do think they're ran in a similar way, which is why maybe they, they operate that way. Um, who, who would you say, and, and it's, it's so hard for Cowboys fans to kind of take this as a serious matchup, uh, but in that respect, who would you say the 2020 Steelers are? Because I think uh, on the surface, everybody sees a 7-0 record. Everybody hears about the defense, people that aren't watching the Steelers week in and week out. Everybody knows they beat the Ravens last week in, in a game that was actually rescheduled um, because of, of COVID uh, impact and whatnot. But what, what is the strength? What is the weakness? I mean, where, where is this team flawed and where are they perfect? Well, first of all, if I had one word to describe this team, I'm going to say focused. They're on a mission right now. Ben Roethlisberger's on a mission. Ben Roethlisberger's another guy that is not completely respected around the league. I mean, he had, I mean, he has a past, and that's something, you know, not to get into, but a lot of people don't respect him for being the guy that came out of college, brash, and was the, hey, I'm the big fish in this small pond, and, sure. and you're going to love me, and he had an ego. That ego has been greatly reduced. He is not the same guy. In fact, I remember a few years ago when Sean Sweezum came back into the building um, in 2010. And he was actually in that same building in training camp in 2005. And he was saying stuff like, this is not the same guy. This is a guy that's more focused. This is a guy who's more businesslike. And Ben now wants to win a title again, not just to, you know, pile on to uh, the two titles that he already has not to prove anything he is talking right now and saying all the right things he wants to win a title for the guys that don't have a title and that's almost that's everybody Cam Hayward doesn't have a title uh you know he wants to see those guys get that ring and he wants to be the guy to lead them so this is probably Ben's retribution as far as uh Mm. it's when I say because it's not revenge Ben Ben has no revenge. Somebody posted an idea that, hey, let's have a Ben revenge t-shirt, revenge tour t-shirt. And we're like, no, no, this is a comeback tour. And that's a, we have the mm. comeback tour t-shirts because it's not, he has no revenge. He needs no revenge. Any problems that Ben had were Ben's fault, but he's really redeeming himself and he's coming back. And I like to say this from one of my favorite movies. Everyone makes fun of me because I bring this up all the time. But if you remember the program from 1993, Gene Hackman uh, goes into the huddle, says, boys, let's put the women and children to bed. Let's go looking for dinner. And that's what Ben Roethlisberger is going into the huddle and saying. When they are down in a game, when they're struggling against the Broncos and Jeff Driscoll, when they're struggling against the Eagles, when they're losing a lead against the Titans – when they're down 10 to the Baltimore Ravens, which no one comes back from being down 10 to the Baltimore Ravens. Ben's like, hey, guys, we got this covered. Let's go looking for dinner. And that's exactly what they're doing with Ben Roethlisberger this year. So they are very focused. You saw after the Ravens game, all the shenanigans with the Baltimore Ravens, with the the soldier tweet from Hollywood Brown. (laughs) So why aren't you going to use us? Um, Why have the soldiers if you're not going to use us? You You says. Use Dez, Baltimore, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's there. I, in fact, I'm wondering if he was brought in just to wear the number 11 and be Chase Claypool in practice, but mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's another thing. But I would have gladly brought Dez in as well. Um, but I digress. But you have that situation with, 
with Hollywood Brown complaining. You have Marcus Peters headbutting a couple guys, Matthew Judon being just that team unraveled. And I'm really right. interested to see what they're going interested to see what they're going to do this week. But then you have a couple weeks ago with Juju Smith-Schuster. Get, he's the leader of that receiving team. Right. <laughs> he, he's in his fourth season. He's going to be 24 on November 22nd. That's how young this guy still is. He had six yards a couple weeks back, and they won the game, and he's celebrating. This is a team accomplishment. It's more of a team than I've ever seen. The Steeler team could have not done this a few years ago. They could have not done this in 2018, but they're able to do it now because they're together, they're focused, they have flaws. The flaws, you know, probably depth now at inside linebacker. Sure. You're, you have some depth at defense. And right now, the defensive backs are giving up more yards than they ever did before. When you look at the statistics as far as the passing game, RJ, the passing game, they're giving up a lot of yards as far as against the pass. They gave up a lot of yards the other day and dropped from number one to number five in rushing yards. But stats don't matter to this team. Individual stats don't matter. The one stat that matters is the wins, and they're mature enough to let it pile up. I do think um, there is like an, an encore sort of vibe to, to these Steelers and specifically to Ben. Um, I wonder, and, and, I, and again, I, I certainly believe that we'll be, uh, we'll be talking in the offseason in terms of how the Cowboys can emulate what the Steelers have done this season. And, and I think, I mean, I, I certainly can't speak for Ben or for the Steelers organization, but I do think there's this sense of, of how precious a season is when, when you are fortunate from a health perspective. And obviously, um, you know, that is said with, uh, with a grain of salt, given our world's current climate. But uh, because, I mean, you look at last year's Steelers team, I think you, you learned that lesson of, of how just how vital, you know, that is and how fortunate it is to be lucky in that respect, because that is such a, a big part of, of the NFL of, of withstanding, of surviving. I mean, I know a lot of people said, you know, like that 2008 team, that was the, the season Tom Brady missed. And I think every Patriots fan would, would certainly argue that they were blue in the face over that. But um, but and so I do sense that sort of like, I don't, I don't say gratitude, but that 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 energy. Um, I know Ben had the the YouTube series this year. Like that was a different thing for him too. Like I just, it does seem like somebody who uh, is maybe cut from a different NFL generation that is now, you know what, these are, these are my final years. I want to, I want to enjoy them. I want to memorialize them. I want to be able to look back on them. It does kind of feel like Ben is riding that wave, so to speak. Yeah. It almost feels like he's running for office now. He's saying all, all the right things. You know, if he has a bad game, it's going to be all shocks. It's, it's going to be all right. that, you know, like, I've got to play better. I've got to do this. There's nobody being thrown under the bus. He, he learned from the whole Antonio Brown fiasco of 2018. Mm. And that was really – that was uh, – he was held hostage. Ben was held hostage on that. The team was held hostage on that entire thing by an agent – and by a rogue player that was just looking for a payday. And that's all that was, was happening there. Um, and we've seen how that's played out in the last two years. It's been really odd. Uh, Pittsburgh was looking really bad for a couple months, and then Antonio Brown started to unravel with the, Ra with the Raiders and mm -hmm. then with the Patriots deal and all that. And then everyone's looking back, you know, a third and a fifth? You guys did okay. Yeah. It did well because it, it ended up being addition by subtraction. And the reason I'm going back to that right now is you're probably, you're not going to have, you might have a thousand yard receiver in either a Juju or a Chase Claypool, but you don't have to. 
and it right. doesn't matter because Ben has all these targets right now. In fact, Vance McDonald's fantastic and only has 10 targets. He's eight catches on 10 targets, and he's seventh. And he's going to fall down to eighth because Ray Ray McLeod's probably going to catch him. There is so me- They built this team for Ben to have weapons coming back because they know that the window is closing on him. Sure. They know they've got two years. So they built it by bringing in Stefan Wisniewski, by bringing in um, Eric Ebron, by right. making those deals. Even uh, Derek Watt was another reason. Bringing those guys in to build for a championship now. People were complaining about giving up a 2022 pick for Avery Williamson this week. I, gosh, they didn't really give anything up. They had right. a fifth rounder that they gave away. They're getting a seventh rounder back. You know how bad the Jets are? It's about, what, 40 picks. <laughs> That's all. It's just moving down 40 picks to bring a guy in and have some extra depth. So this team is really focused on winning now. They know the window is going to close. They know when Ben goes that it's going to be a major rebuild, rebuild because we saw it. We saw it last year. Right. And I think, you know, looking back on sort of the, the like triple B era Steelers, there was this sense of, of, um, like when every like 17 year old plays their like Madden franchise, it's like, okay, I got to get my quarterback 300 passing yards and I got to get my, my wide receiver hundred yards and I got to get my running back hundred, you know, like those are your objectives. And it does feel like there is this, who cares? However, we got to get it done. Let's get it done. If it's ugly, if it's pretty, if we throw the ball 10 times, if we throw the ball 50 times, it's the true Steeler way. I do think that's exemplified in, in the defensive play. Certainly. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, you know, but we, I, I talked about this on the show that I was on that you guys do, which is fantastic I, in the week. I heard uh, it. It was great. If you're, if you're unaware, every Cowboys fan is incredibly sore that T.J. Watt is not on their team. The Cowboys passed on T.J. Watt to draft Taco Charlton in 2017. It was a mistake that they're still kind of living down. And I, I would have, from the perspective of wanting to see the Cowboys get burned by that bad decision, I would have loved for this to have been a really – you know, like the Cowboys and the Eagles are going kind of shot for shot in the NFC East and they blow this game because TJ Watt just has the game of his life and proves them wrong. That is not the case. Uh, but, I mean, what, what has he meant to the Steelers? Just, just to be solved in, uh, in a lot of wounds right here. He is everything right now to that Steelers defense. And Bud Dupree is too. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the board game clue. If Colonel Mustard doesn't get you with the rope in the library, then Professor right. Plum is going to nail you in the conservatory with the wrench. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You're going to you have either side. One of these guys is going to kill you. But T.J. Watt is the heart and soul of this team. He is the one guy that they are going to sign more than anything. And, you know, I like how you mentioned that 2017 draft. Great draft for the Steelers because Juju and James Conner right. and Cameron Sutton came in those first four picks. but not everybody was thrilled about the T.J. Watt pick because they're thinking, oh, he's just I – mean, he's not J.J. You know, he's, right. I mean, he's smaller. He hasn't played full-time outside linebacker. The yeah. I, I heard you say that. But <laughs> the guy has a motor. He has a, pri- a motor. He has a pride about him. He is one of those guys that – you know, it's little brother syndrome too. He's like, I'm going to beat my little – my bigger brother. Mm-hmm. I really do. And he's, he's just the man for that team. He is becoming the face of the defense and the face of the franchise. When Ben goes, it's, it's pretty much T.J. Watt's team as far as that goes. As you saw what J.J.'s done in Houston, but T.J. has an opportunity right now 
to go ahead and believe this or not, he has an opportunity to beat the franchise record four seasons from now in sacks because the record is only 80.5 owned by James Harrison coming into this season, coming into his fourth season, he had 34 and a half sacks. He is six and a half. Now he's halfway to the record. And if he keeps up that pace, he could do it in three or four years. And you know, they're going to do everything they can to sign this guy. You mentioned James Harrison. That is a, a sore point for Cowboys fans. I think every Cowboys fan would tell you that DeMarcus Ware was robbed of defensive player of the year in 2008 if that if that Cowboys team had 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 success um and and not finished out of the playoffs I, I wonder I because you know that those awards are so narrative driven in a lot of respects uh but you know it is what it is um I don't know if you noticed I didn't want to just throw this in at one point because it is our pregame show Mike McCarthy as mentioned is from Pennsylvania I talked about growing up a big Steelers and Pirates fan um he mentioned who his favorite Steeler was of all time do you know the answer off the top of your head actually I don't so if I'm, I'm who would you thinking- guess I'm going to say Jack Lambert. It's Jack Lambert. That's what's or why would, why'd you guess that? I mean, out of curiosity. Well, you know, Brett Michaels of poison fame is a huge Jack Lambert fan and he's a huge <laughs> Steelers fan. He, sure. cause he's from Western Pennsylvania. I actually uh, ended up in central Pennsylvania in the Mechanicsburg area, but he talks about being a Steeler fan all the time. And when people talk about the defense from the seventies, you know, there's always Joe green. There's always Mel Blunt. There's right. all there's all those guys, but when you want the guy that wasn't afraid to spout his mouth off, and case in point, Cowboys fans probably hate him for Super Bowl ten, but we have a writer at Behind the Steel Curtain that his he's my partner on on the pregame show, and his title for the longest time was Cliff Harris is still a punk because <laughs> of that play, patting Roy Jarella on the head. And then the Steelers, who were struggling, Jack Lambert comes in, body slams him. Yes, he should have been kicked out of that game. He wasn't. But that inspired the entire team. So the whole badassery of the Steelers is basically, it's Jack Lambert. He was the, he was the bad guy, and it was good to be bad with him. And you, you, were never afraid, uh, you were never afraid when that guy was around. They used to joke that when the boogeyman goes to bed, he looks under his bed for Jack Lambert. And that was the deal. So I had a chance to meet him about 10 years ago. And he was the same guy, same personality, and sounded the same way. And it, it was he was sitting the same way he did on the sideline. Drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette at, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. That's Pro Football Hall of Famer Cliff Harris now, by the way. Which is, yes. like, again, that's... That's so. That's what makes this game fun. Is it is so rich in history, um, and tradition, and legacy. Um, you know, a name that is not brought up. I feel like enough in just NFL lore, but certainly um, as a common denominator between the Cowboys and Steelers. Ernie Stotner. Ernie Stotner. I believe the first Pittsburgh Steeler to have his jersey retired before Joe Green very recently, yep. and uh, one of the architects behind the Doomsday Defense under Tom Landry. Um, people thought like that name never gets said. It's, it's a shame for Ernie Stott. Yeah. Number 70. And that guy was a legendary coach for the, uh, how many years did he coach for the Cowboys too? It was like 30. I mean, it was like the whole Tom Landry, uh, era. I mean, you know, he was, he was pretty amazing, uh, from top to bottom. He's overshadowed in Pittsburgh as well. I mean, even though he's retired and the diehards know him, but I bet you, if I talk about, talk to some of the guys, 
um, on the BTSC network right now. They don't know that much about them. I mean, I, I missed, I missed him here in Pittsburgh as well. Um, but he was something I remember when he passed away and I believe that was about 15 years ago now in 2005, I had a chance to read more and learn more about him. And the guy was an incredible presence um, for this team because the, the Pittsburgh Steelers before 1969 were not very good. And he was, he was your legend. Uh, I encourage all of our younger fans to, you know, check out Ernie Stoutner's Wikipedia page. You can learn a lot. Uh, Brian, uh, before we go, the Steelers are favored uh, 13 and a half points. It's generally the line, depending on where you look. Um, if you are unaware, again, you, you know, you, I'm, I'm sure you listen to, um, to everything that BTSC puts out. Uh, but I did mention the Cowboys are 0-8 against the spread uh, this season. Do you, do you think that holds? I know that's, that's a big line. And I actually believe that that is the largest that any team has ever been favored on the road against the Cowboys, at the very least in the history of AT&T Stadium. I just think that the Cowboys are snake-bitten right now. And I really don't see Garrett Gilbert. I'm sorry. I, I don't even know his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Garrett Gilbert. Garrett, Garrett Gilbert. I, you know, Cooper Rush. My gosh, it could be, it, it could be Getty Lee from Rush coming in or Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I mean, these, these guys are having a hard time right now. And I, I really empathize for him because, you know, I felt it last year. I sure. just, I have picked against the Steelers a lot this year. I picked against them last week. I picked against them against the Houston Texans. I almost picked against them against Philly just because I'm nervous about things because sure. I've seen them play down to competition. This year, I don't expect them – this week, I don't expect them to play down to competition because of that mission that they're on. Um, I really think – Mike Tomlin doesn't care about spreads. He right. cares about the win. If they win by six points, that's all he cares about. I kind of expect them to beat that spread, um, not by too much, but I'm looking around 34 to 13. I, I think the Cowboys are, are going to uh, give them some fits here and there, but I just don't think they've got enough. And I don't want to pile on Dallas because, like I said, I'm probably more pessimistic than most, and I, I consider myself an optimist. But sure. I just know that the Steelers struggle in these areas, but th this team is a special team right now. And they're really on that mission. And I don't think that uh, – I don't think uh, Gilbert's going to be able to move. No, I, really I – um, if, if it's any, um, any sort of warm, warm hugs, warm cup of tea, um, warm – you know, it's the time of year, maybe, maybe a cup of cider uh, in your neck of the woods. But um, so the Cowboys, when Dak Prescott went down against the New York Giants, that, that particular drive they did finish with a touchdown. Outside of that drive, from the end of the Giants game to the Cardinals game on Monday Night Football, the road game in Washington, and the road game in Philadelphia last week, they have one touchdown outside of that. In terms of drives that have 0% contribution from Dak Prescott, they have one touchdown that came in garbage time against Arizona on Monday Night Football. So I would, I would feel rather optimistic. I mean, um, with, with a 13.5-point line, I, I, think, I think it might get covered in, in a 21-point outing, honestly. Um, and you mentioned it, which I think every Cowboys fan appreciates the, the kind thoughts and, and certainly uh, from somebody who, who rooted on Mason Rudolph and rooted on Duck Hodges. Um, it, it is just that kind of year. And so we'll see how the Cowboys are able to respond. Hopefully, uh, the 2024 matchup between the two uh, out in Pittsburgh is a lot more fun. Do you think Ben is around for that one? My last question. No, nah, you know, I really don't. Um, 
I think that's, you know, he says he's going to be around, but how much longer can he really go? So I'm probably going to say, no, you never know what's going to happen, but I just hope it's, it's both teams are up to strength because this stinks this year. I would rather see this being just a great matchup being that worthy of that 425, you know, time zone with having Nance and Romo on there. Right. It's just because here's the thing about the Cowboys. I don't hate the Cowboys. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Giants. Don't hate the Cowboys. And they hate I, the Giants, but there's like that's a family thing. The Maras and the Roonies. And you know, I mean, I could that's like your cousins. How can you hate the Giants? I mean, Kate Mara's hot. Yeah, you know, no, it's just like, well, I mean, my uh my wife's nephew, who's her age, is a, an obnoxious Giants fan and has really made me hate the Giants. But I do, I do appreciate them for beating the, uh, the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. So I thank them for that. But right now, I'm rooting for teams like the Cowboys. And, you know, I'm rooting for the uh, Washington football team as well because I live, you know, closer to that area. Sure. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see them do well. But I want to see Dallas back to who they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I just watched Super Bowl 30 again the other day. We do something called the Steeler Retro Show. Um, and we aired it this week, getting ready for this game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, next week we have the Bengals. So there's going to be a Bengals game. We, we, just, uh, we just recorded the Bengals show. So every week with a new, the new opponent, we've talked so much about 2020. It's time to go back in time. And that's what we do. So I listened to that game and actually watched that game. And I was like, wow, this is the way it was. And, and the, the, the Cowboys were so much better than Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh hung on and had so many chances to win that game. But it was great to see two Titans clash. And that's exactly what it was. So when I see the silver, white, and blue come in to, to play the black and gold, I think about all those fantastic matchups and the Cowboys, you know, lead the series 13 to 11. And I think about how it's always going to be a game. Yeah, no, I think that's well said. Um, It's a shame this, this wasn't, you know, and I hate to just, you know, end on a somber note, but it it should have been a really fun game. Uh, It should have been Jimmy and and Bill Cower both kind of, you know, we should have gotten like a pregame shot of them, you know, in a suite with their gold jackets on, like, you know, it, it had all of that positive momentum. And obviously a lot of things changed. Uh, well, Brian, uh, we appreciate the time behind the still curtain.com. You guys have a fantastic podcast network. You're all over YouTube as well. You are on Twitter at BTSC Brad. Anything else I missed and anything else? The Steelers retro show. I mean, what else you guys got coming out uh, as the Steelers look to stay undefeated? Well, actually, I'm not trying to correct you. It's BTSC Bad because of oh, Brian Anthony right. Davis. Yeah, yeah I, okay. I go yeah. by I go by Bad on the network, and I've now I've got this persona that I'm some kind of like wild dude because we talk about we we have a phrase here, and you mentioned winning ugly earlier. We talk about a two a.m. game, and this could be a two a.m. game. And the reason it's called a two a.m. game is you know you're in the bar at two a.m. Your buddies have all hooked up, and then all of a sudden you look around. She's not anything to write home about, but hey, it's 2 a.m. I must be lonely. So, uh, you know, it could be a 2 a.m. game here. Um, So we have shows like Tales from 2 a.m. where we have a lot of fun. Um, But what we're doing right now, we have Know Your Enemy, which you were fantastic on the other night. We do appreciate you coming on. We do that every Wednesday to talk about who's upcoming. We also have the Steeler Preview, which has become our flagship show with Jeff Hartman. 
and another co-editor, Dave Schofield, who you met the other night, um, and myself, we're on that. Steeler Brunch with Tony's tomorrow. And then tomorrow morning on our audio audio only platform we've got two blokes from australia that are diehard pittsburgh steeler fans it's called touchdown under and uh touchdown under if you want to get an australian flair for the pittsburgh steelers that's the show to listen to as well so we have so many so many shows jeff hartman does the uh the let's ride podcast monday wednesdays and fridays dave schofield does the stat geek we're running about 25 shows a week now and it's a whole lot of fun. We, we are just fans that want to be in a sports bar talking Steelers. And that's exactly what we're doing through our podcast platform. That's the energy I got in, from hanging out with you guys. I'm glad you, you plug touchdowns uh, down under. I mean, it's, it's, that's, uh, you were telling me about it the other day. It sounded really cool. Uh, I'm going to check it out myself. Everything that we're doing at SB Nation is a lot of fun. It's always great whenever we can uh, hook up like this. Uh, I told you guys the other night, I just wanted to reiterate here on our platform. Um, I, I have a great deal of respect for the Steelers, uh, and, I, and I think that, that that idea and that disposition trickles down to Steelers fans. Uh, it's always pleasant. It's a heated rivalry, certainly at different times, but, um, you know, I think in an ideal world, if, if your two cornerstone franchises of the NFL met, it, it should be like this, and, and it should be civil, it should be fun, it should be, uh, you know, full of memories and good times and, and fun laughs and uh, you know, clinging glasses, uh, if, if that could be the case. Uh, so we appreciate the time. appreciate you jumping on our pregame show. Best of luck to the Steelers this season. Uh, I, I, would, I would be lying if I said I hope they won the Super Bowl just because at this point it's, you know, we need everybody to chill. Nobody can get to seven. Uh, it's too much. We need everybody to stay at six. And then, and then we can revisit all of this uh, <laughs> down the road. Uh, but if they make it there, I certainly hope you have a great time. For what it's worth, last time the Super Bowl was in Tampa and, uh, you know, the Steelers played the Cowboys, it worked out for them. So maybe that'll happen this year. There you go. You know, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I am going to be rooting on those Cowboys. So, uh, you know, definitely they have a 2 a.m. game in them. I'm telling you, they're going to win one that you don't expect. And that is going to be that is going to be really fun. So thanks for having me on today. This has been an absolute blast. And if you want me to come on and trash the Ravens before they they play the Ravens, I'd be glad to because I like nothing more. We might do that. Uh, Brian, there is an episode of How I Met Your Mother called uh, Nothing Good Happens After 2 a.m. So uh, hopefully that alignment doesn't happen for the Cowboys this season. But Brian Anthony <laughs> Davis from BehindTheStoreCurtain.com, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your season, Brian. Uh, Brian I keep doing it again. Brian, thanks so much. Hey, I'm easy like Sunday morning, buddy. Thank you. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, 
where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. It's Dan Rogers on Twitter at DannyFadam24. I don't think I'm breaking any new ground by saying this one is not going to be pretty. Pittsburgh is the only undefeated team in the league, and the Cowboys right now are very much defeated. That's not a good combo. The Steelers are the best in the league at getting after the quarterback, and the Cowboys are a hot mess with a banged-up offensive line and a starting quarterback TBD to be determined. And you know what? It really doesn't matter if it's Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. It's going to be disastrous. T.J. Watt may very well win Defensive Player of the Year by halftime, as he is just going to blow up Terrence Steele. Look for the Steelers running game to just go nuts and all the scoring to come from the road team in this one, including two defensive touchdowns. I'm having flashbacks of a certain undefeated team back in 1985 showing up in Dallas on a Sunday afternoon in November and beating them down to the point of embarrassment. Back then it was the 85 Bears, but today it will be the 2020 Steelers as they administer total domination. Steelers 44, Cowboys squadoosh. This is Tony Casillas, co-host of the 750, and this is my prediction for Steelers versus the Cowboys. Just when you thought it was bad, it's going to get worse this Sunday. Considering the Cowboys are playing, in my opinion, the best team in the National Football League at 8-0, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're led by their tremendous comeback player of the year candidate in Ben Roethlisberger and a defense led by T.J. Watt that can stifle offenses. And, of course, their coach and Mike Tomlin has done a tremendous job getting this team to this part of the season undefeated. So how do I see this game? Yeah, the defense played better last week. Uh, got four takeaways versus the Philadelphia Eagles, but offensively, that is the issue. Not sure who's going to get the start uh, in the game today, considered Andy Dalton out with COVID-19 protocol, but uh, considering who their opponent is, it's going to be a difficult task of having any type of offensive movement against this very, very stubborn defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And saying that, my prediction is Pittsburgh Steelers 35, Dallas Cowboys Three. Hey, what's going on? It's Ari Temkin. Of course, you can catch me on the Dallas Cowboys pregame show. We start at 1230 on Sunday to get you ready for this awesome matchup between these two legendary franchises in NFL history. The Steelers, the Cowboys, 7-0 Steelers. I can't remember what the Cowboys record is. It's slipping my mind right now. But, man, what a good one we have in store for you. Oh, wait. Garrett Gilbert is starting. Cooper Rush is starting. No, it's Garrett, Garrett Gilbert, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Cowboys are in big trouble here. Big trouble. I think the Steelers are favored by two touchdowns, and you might take the Steelers. Cowboys have not scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. First time in franchise history. They have gone two straight games not scoring a touchdown. Keep your fingers crossed it's not three. I'm going to go Steelers 31. Cowboys... 10. 
Not a whole lot of optimism from the Blog of the Boys guys. Um, appreciate Brian for taking the time to join us again. Behind the Steel Curtain.com, SB Nation's home for Pittsburgh Steelers content. Highly recommend their site, their podcast. Uh, Brian and I talked about it. We alluded to it. They were kind enough to have me on their Eye on the Enemy show last week. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know them and chatting about uh, one of the more historic rivalries in the NFL. Like, like, yeah, like we've been saying, it's unfortunate that this game isn't going to live up to, um, you know, what the what the record books have when it comes to Cowboys Steelers, but uh, Texas A&M won, Manchester United won, so the weekend wasn't all bad. Uh, hopefully whatever you got going, or had going rather, on Saturday was fun and was you know what you wanted, what you needed. Hopefully this game isn't um, the utter catastrophe that we all expect, but um, the Dallas Cowboys are on a bye next week, which should provide some time to kind of figure things out, hopefully for the stretch run. Remember, the Cowboys are Going to play two games very quickly when they come out of their bye as uh, two weeks from today they visit the Minnesota Vikings and very quickly after that they turn around they host the Washington football team on Thanksgiving Day uh, so uh, yeah buckle up get ready uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride uh, a little bit of turbulence right here uh, in today's game but we'll get to watch it together we'll get to experience it together and that is the best part about being a Dallas Cowboys fan is having one another to lean on in these particular times um, like I mentioned uh, this is our pregame show uh, our official post-game show will be up and available on the Blog of the Boys podcast network a little while after the game. We are going to stream that conversation live for you on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, so go ahead and head on over there. I don't know, maybe about 20 or so minutes after the game is over, after we've collected everything and whatnot. Uh, you can look for our post-game show from a YouTube aspect on Monday. Uh, we'll have uh, some appearances from different BTBers the way we do here on the pregame show as well. want to thank everybody for their you know kind words in terms of everything we've been putting out we're really trying to, to do things in a different way we're trying to put our podcasts up in a different way uh we we appreciate everybody who chooses to make us part of their dallas cowboys experience i say all the time that the best part about blog of the boys is the community that we all are within one another and um i mean that and we are so grateful that you do choose us and we choose you um that's a great sarah barella song in case you doubted i choose you uh so uh hey let's get this dub please like let's redefine what a dub is in you know in in a in a in a much more easily attainable way so define what that dub is to you and let's get this dub let's get this dub let us get this dub we'll see you after the game <laughs> <laughs>